A reading from the Gospel of Matthew. Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. Such great crowds gathered around him that he got into the boat and sat there. But the whole crowd, well, the whole crowd stood on the beach, and he told them many things in parables, saying, Listen, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell on the path, and the birds came and ate them up. Other seeds fell on rocky ground, where they did not have much soil, and they sprang up quickly, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose and they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and brought forth grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Let anyone with ears listen. Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what is sown in the heart. That is, this is what was sown on the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet such a person has no root, but endures only for a while. And when trouble or persecution arises on account of the word, that person immediately falls away. And for what was sown among the thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the lure of wealth choke the word, and yet it yields nothing. But as for what was grown, sown on good soil, this is the one who hears and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. To begin today, I want to start by saying I acknowledge that here at Emmanuel, on Mercer Island, and in the greater Seattle area, we gather on unceded ancestral lands of the Duwamish people, a people that are still here, continuing to honor and bring to light their ancient heritage. What is our relationship to land? For most of us, the land we are on is just another thing, a commodity on which our homes are built, our cities are organized. It's one more thing in which we acquire and sell that we use to bolster up our own living. Very rarely are we actually in relationship with the physical soil that we reside on though I do recognize we have a number of gardeners in this congregation. So they're shaking their heads saying, no, we're really in relationship. But much of our days are not in relationship with the soil and ground which literally surround us. We are rarely in relationship with the food that we eat or that which we drink. We gather it from grocery stores and take out rather than gardens and farms of our own tending. We're hearing an incredibly familiar parable today. Parables are meant to be in relatable to the people who hear them. And while this parable has become relatable because we've heard it so often, very few of us are sowing seeds for our own sustenance and livelihood. We are out of touch with what it is 
Jesus was saying to those gathered. We are actually given in the gospel today, though it skips over another section, an explanation, Jesus' homily on the parable that explains it. And like many parables, he describes it in metaphor, a metaphor for those who hear and understand. Certainly, I have preached this gospel in metaphor. One of my first sermons I gave, oh Lord, 10 years ago, was on this gospel, talking about my interfaith family and how my sister and I required different soil to flourish and to know God in. But as I encounter the gospel today, I wonder what happens if we let go of the metaphor and actually think about soil, think about land. The sacred ground class that's been meeting is preparing this next week to talk about the Native American heritage of this country and the relationship that the current way in which we occupy this land comes from a brutal history towards the people who originally lived here. Not to mention the landmark Supreme Court case giving back much of Oklahoma to its original peoples. What is our relationship to soil? This year, we at my house have been doing some gardening, for better or for worse. Maybe not as well as when we had Leslie and Rick actually taking care of our garden, but we've tried our best. And I've been learning a few things along the way. That it's not just throwing seeds into the ground and seeing what happens. That that which we plant is in relationship with the type of soil it is in, the type of light it receives. Who it is planted near can help it thrive or cause it to die. Not to mention the history of the soil, the crops that have come before it affect whether or not those crops can flourish, whether or not those crops can grow. It is relational. The seeds are in relationship with the soil, in relationship with their neighbors, and in relationship with their history. Not only are we often out of touch with our relationship with the literal ground that we are on, we are often not in relationship with that which resides near us. And rarely are we in relationship with the true history of the past which can fertilize or stain the soil in which we grow. The work that we're doing in courses like Sacred Ground, in the racial justice movement, is coming to an understanding, a hard look and acknowledgement of what the history of our country is. As a church and as a congregation, we too should be called to look at our own histories and our own relationships, our relationships with one another, our relationships with the community, 
both that on Mercer Island and in the wider area, to look at the relationships amongst ourselves, to see that we are not all one thing, that within our congregation we see diversity of experiences, people of different backgrounds, different colors, different socioeconomic statuses, and being in relationship in a deep and honest way changes the way in which we are able to flourish. It is when we ignore relationships that we end up being choked by the thorns or falling on stony ground. To flourish as Christians in our relationship with God, we must be in relationship. It is easy to go to the metaphors of this gospel and perhaps harder to look at the history and the legacy of the actual soil on which we reside. But it is there, I believe, that perhaps there are new lessons to be found. Because once we can be in relationship, relationship with the place in which we live, the literal earth that we are on, the community we are in, the neighborhoods that surround us, the world we inhabit, and our fellow congregants, are we able to do the work of tending and nourishing the soil to produce something vibrant and holy and plentiful? History, no matter how painful, is the truth which gives us the tools to be the sowers God has called us to be. Jesus calls this the parable of the sower, not the parable of the soil, but yet they're all in relation to one another, just as we are called to be in relation to each other and to the world. We have slowly dipped our toes as a congregation into that world. I see it in the ways in which we work with places like Edible Hope Ministries, the feeding ministry at St. Luke's and Ballard, being in relationship with the hunger and homelessness that exists just across a bridge from us, facing hard truths of the world around us. I see it in classes and education, such as the undoing anti-Judaism work we've been doing, or the sacred ground work that we are doing. To be in relationship with our histories so that we can acknowledge the stains of sin on our past and begin to do the reparation work to move forward. To speak truth is to begin healing. It's a foundational piece of what God calls us to do. Because we cannot ignore the soil or the seeds or the sower. How they work together can let us thrive or die. I wonder for our community as we each in our own ways 
face the work ahead of us. For some of us, it means facing the heritage we have as a predominantly white congregation that knows our ancestral legacy of stealing land. For others, there is the legacy of being stolen from your land and being brought to this country to tend the soil that we live on. For others, it is the legacy of choosing to come to this land and often being told to go away by those who are already here. We have a diversity of experiences and relationships with this soil, this land, the place we inhabit. If we can begin to name the truths of those relationships, we can begin to do the work towards healing. For to be in relationship with God, we must be in relationship with one another. And with this fragile earth, our island home, in all the ways we can think of it metaphorically and literally, to be Christian is to be relational, to push outside of bubbles that look and sound like us, and to welcome and acknowledge that which does not look and sound like us. Because within that diversity, we begin to look much more like the kingdom of God. I began the sermon today with a land use acknowledgement that we reside and occupy unceded lands of the Duwamish people is a small step towards recognizing for myself that I occupy a land I was not invited into. These small steps start to shift the narrative and tell the truth of history, to tell the truth of the story of the soil. And perhaps it can be a small step towards healing the soil. It is not in and of itself enough, but it is in and of itself a start, a start to recognizing the vastness of the kingdom of God. We all yearn desperately to be the ones who have ears to hear and to understand. And that calls us to listen to the stories of our past so that our future can build up and nourish and nurture the soil, this land on which we reside, created and given by God, that we are called to tend and to love and to nourish rather than to consume and commodify. May we have ears to listen and be sowers of good seed and carers of the soil. Amen.